Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. Hey John, here's a lady killer you probably won't be very sympathetic for. <laughs> you obviously don't know me very well, do you, Abby? Okay, let's see. Never to be released, okay? Wife killed husband, all right, all right. Skinned him, mm, okay. Then plated him up for children's dinner. Hey, John, dinner's ready. What? John, what are you doing? I said dinner is ready. We're eating beef stew tonight. We just received our first ever fan mail. From Taco Supremo, Sarah, who sent us probably the coolest gifts ever. If you want to try to top it, you can, but I don't know. It's pretty awesome. It's like almost as good as receiving a second pair of parking lot bongos. It's the perfect gift for many reasons. It's personal and it's practical. And durable. Yeah. So Sarah got us um, some stainless steel. They're like, would she get condoms? Wine, ninety nine point nine percent effective. So anyway, so Sarah got us the like wine tumblers that you are tra- like almost travel to go that are stainless steel. They have our favorite colors on them. John says, "Where are we going? Who are we killing?" Jen, what does yours say? Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. That's right. You get that song twice tonight. And mine says third place geography winner. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers, everyone. That was good. I could drink that. Oh, yeah. That was the UV blue. It was. Mm. Delightful. And then I get that taste of vodka after, and no, I can't just drink that. Uh, I don't don't, hate it. I don't like vodka. I like that, but I just just don't. Like, vodka and I do not need to be friends. Uh, (laughs) Someone posted this. It's Bliffy. Yes. (laughs) Bliffy. Oh, yeah. Savannah said that um, she's going to his live show up in Charlotte. Yeah. In Charlotte? But I saw. We're not going, John. No, we're not going. So the funny thing was before you. When's the show? When is the show? I don't know. I didn't look. We're not fucking going. We have our own show in Charlotte to do. By the way, guys, get your tickets to our Charlotte show. Charlotte show. Uh, That is November 12th. Mm, 15th. Okay, whatever she says. But more importantly, our October show is Tuesday. Wednesday. Wednesday. (laughs) 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 I told you, I never know what day it is. It's like I literally live on a different planet. (sighs) Back to Earth, Jen. Um, So, yeah, live shows coming up. We're working on quite a few. So we've got Savannah. That'll be our actually, so we won't have an episode released on Taco Tuesday, unless you're going to release part two on Taco Tuesday. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So it was after we recorded the Matuska episode, but before you released it, I saw her put that she was interested or attending the blippy thing. And I was like, of course, I, of course I would see this right now. I can't wait for her to listen to the episode. <laughs> I know, right, Jen? Yeah. 
back to the Blippy thing. Tyler grew up in the same neighborhood, the same town as Blippy. So I really want to get Blippy on the show. I love his videos. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if we'll be up his alley. I don't know. <laughs> I'd say probably not. You know, yeah, we're no. the whole adult content thing. All right. So the hint that I wrote on Facebook for our Supremo group was hey, guys, we're recording right now, and I just have one question. Dot, dot, dot. What's your favorite kind of stew? Beef. Beef is the only thing you think of when you think of stew, I guess. Amy says Brunswick stew. I don't know what that is. Like Scottish, I think. We're going to March 1st, 2000. We're going back down under. Oh, two Australian episodes (laughs) in just as many weeks. And I'm going to split this up into two different parts. Ooh. But... I want to basically lay out the outline for you guys before I get started. Was this a request? Yeah, it was a request. This was a request from Abby. Not just a request that, hey, do this story. Abby is not from Australia, though. I know, but it was a request that she said, hey, she said, hey, John, I bet you can't pull a Team John on this one. Basically, Team John is. Oh, shit. You know. Opposite of the popular opinion. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, I want to try Possibly to prove to you guys. Possibly siding with a lady. So it is a lady killer. Uh, but tonight I want to try to prove to you guys that it wasn't her fault. <laughs> she, you mean she didn't do it or, oh, she definitely or did it. it was deserved? She definitely did it. But when she I. She had it coming. When I finally researched the story, mm-hmm. at first I was like, oh, I could definitely team John this. And, you know, because <laughs> team John. Lately has been, all right, Brooke Schuyler Richardson, mm-hmm. that was Team John. Yep. Even Michelle Carter, I got half of the people yep. on Team John. Yep. Um, even like Shayna Hubers, it's all the female killers, kind of got some people on Team John. So basically Team John means it's a lady killer and he wants you to sympathize with the lady. Mm, no, I've, I've done some male killers. Um, oh, yeah, you did Ed Gain, I guess. Yeah, so Ed Gain was also Team John because... And I think I I opened people's eyes to see my side. So anyway, doing this story as Team John (laughs) is going to be extremely difficult. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up into two parts. I'm going to talk about March 1st, 2000 in the morning when the police arrive. But I'm only going to give you half of the story. And then I'm going to go into the background of the woman Mm -hmm. that was in question. Does this woman have a three-name moniker, just by curiosity? No, she doesn't. Ah, oh, darn. But the That's three only, name, like, male killers. The three-name monikers is, is because they don't want to confuse— I mean, Brooke Skyler Richardson has a three-name moniker. Well, they that's because she goes by Skyler, Skyler. not Brooke. Yeah, no, they don't want to confuse her with some regular person. I'm just curious, because a lot of the ones we do, do. All right. You said doo-doo. Because this killer's— Childhood was so fucking twisted. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go through that in detail and really try to push you guys a team, John. I'm not sitting here and saying that anyone with the right mind is going to come over to team, John. I'm not even on <laughs> team, John. <laughs> but but you're going to try to convince us all to be. Yes. My okay. goal for this episode okay. 
is to take the opposite approach, <laughs> like I always do, from everyone else and convince you that maybe it wasn't all of her fault. This first scene is going to make you block Team John altogether. <laughs> oh, God. March 1st, 2000, we're going to Aberdeen, Australia. Aberdeen. That's about three hours away from Sydney. Now, Aberdeen is a small town. Back in the day, it was a very bustling town because mm-hmm. they had two industries. Oh, one huge industry and another pretty big industry. They had the mining industry, which was always big. Hmm. Hi ho, like mining gems. It's no, off mining to work for we oil go. and stuff. Oh, yeah. so not like the dwarves? No, 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 mining. <laughs> hey, for oil. I was like gems. <laughs> and then they have the uh, the abattoir. I think it's called abattoir. Abattoir. Avatar. <laughs> I I never saw that movie. It was good, but also weird. I'm, you know, I just think it had too much hype. Okay. I'm not about to ride the hype train. Nicole, what's an abattoir? I have no idea. A bird? I don't speak Australian English, so I don't know. I think an ab- alb- no, albatross. Think You're thinking of the albatross. Yeah, that's a bird, right? It is a large okay. bird. Anyways. It was also a poem written by E. What's his name? The guy from Key e. West. Cummings? Nope. Ross. Nope. Okay, that's the last time I'm going to use the word abattoir anyway. He was a war veteran and committed suicide. The other name... Hemingway, Ernest Hemingway. Thank you. The other name that I'm going to use from now on is called Slaughterhouse. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I like where Old is Aberdeen. Going. <laughs> you go down to Aberdeen. If you get a job down in Aberdeen, you're either working in the mines the or you're working in the slaughterhouse. The thing is still mulling about in my brain here. <laughs> Just like, oh, God. Yeah, now I kind of, uh, like, when you first said shit. stew, I was like, maybe I'll make that on Sunday and pack it for lunch. But now no, I'm like, well, I don't really want to eat stew anytime stew soon. For a while, uh, maybe I, I just... Maybe I went overboard with this stew thing. All right, March 1st, 2000, Aberdeen. The police walk in to a man's house. His name is John Price. Now, the only reason they're there, there's two cops that pull up. Now, Didn't sh- we do a story about John Richard Price? And or- I'll show you. Isn't that a name that's familiar? It sounds familiar. All right, go to talkmore.com to see the crime scene photos. Anyway, is early in the morning, two police officers dispatched because one of the friends of John Price. Now, John Price is a minor. Okay. Ooh. Like, how old are we talking? Huh? Like, how old? No, 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 no. like a, minor, a like minor. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> a minor. I forgot. I forgot oh, you worked just... in the mine, the black lung. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I like minor. He works he works in the mine. He's the universe. He works in the mine. He's got the black lung. <laughs> I think I'm getting the black lung, Bob. It's not very well ventilated down there. For Christ's sake, Derek, you've been down there one day. Talk to me in 30 years. God, that- I forgot we did the whole hi ho thing. I literally sang it to you. How could you forget? Does my songs Damn mean nothing I'm, to you anymore? I'm two white claws in and I'm drunk. I can't handle it. Oh my God. Wow. Lightweight alert. Okay. We also had two shots. So this is the house right here. Go talk murder.com to see all the crime scene photos. I've got them all, but there's not many of them, unfortunately. So you're going to see a lot of blood, which is kind of cool, but you know, and I got them in a cool gift format, which they kind of like. I love gifts. <gasps> Yeah, I did that. Okay. Did you um, make it? Did you just call it a GIF? 
Is it GIF? GIF. GIF. Or okay, Giffy? I heard. I've heard is both. Is it Jiffy? Giffy. It's GIF. I anyway. heard technically it's GIF, no, but it's I call GIF. it GIF because it, it sounds GIF. better. Because when I hear GIF, I think of peanut butter. So two police officers, they roll in. Now they're checking on this guy named John Price because one of his friends, a fellow minor. <laughs> minor. <laughs> no, minor, minor, <laughs> minor. Calls He's the police. Of age. Calls the police and says, hey, my buddy John Price. Well, you know, they're minors. So my buddy John. Well, actually, they're, they're Australian. Australian. My mate John Price. <laughs> <laughs> my bloke. Good day, mate. My bloke, John Price, didn't come to work today. And that's not like John Price. John Price is on time every time, all the time. He is there every time. So all if day, he ain't day. at work, then something is wrong. So they go to his house. Now, his car is still in the driveway. Oh, so he must be home. You're looking at the house right now. So imagine the cops going up to the door. Now, they're knocking. Boo, 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 boo. John, you in there? No answer. Now, they look through. The door has one of those little mail slots. You know, there's, you don't even know what those are. Yeah, when you like, you can put the mail in there. Yeah. So they look through there and they see a bunch of blood everywhere. Uh, I mean, I'm talking about like, it's like someone spilled a bunch of red paint everywhere. And I'm going to show you all the blood. It's a Uh, lot. Oh, no. A fucking lot. They try to open the door and they can't. One of the policemen goes around to the back door and it's unlocked and he tries to push it open, but it's blocked. It's blocked by something. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can't push it open. So he finally gets the strength and kind of just pries it open. And then he notices there's like this big ass tarp that is covering the back door. It's like heavy. It's like, what the fuck? Was it a green tarp or a blue tarp? No, it wasn't a green tarp. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, you know, fun, but it was a legit I, question at the time. You know, I'm just saying it because I did ask if our tacos um, caught like our inside jokes from previous episodes, and they said they did, and they loved it. So I just wanted to throw it back. Boys in the tracks. Well, it's not a tarp at all. Oh, okay. Well, it's, forget it's it. It's something heavy. It's like a drapery. A shrubbery. The, the cop pushes <laughs> open the door. He finally gets in, and then he looks at his cop uniform. I don't know what color. Are they blue or? Well, I guess it depends on which county you're in. Usually blue here. Usually blue. Um, Sometimes they wear like tan. Sheriffs sometimes wear gray. Well, he looks at his black. It just depends on the county. He looks at his uniform. It's bloody. He's like, "What the fuck? Just the fuck is this shit? There's like blood all over him." He's like, "What the fuck? How?" He thought he maybe I don't know like. Did it stabbed himself or something or, or something in the door just from opening the door. So the door shuts, uh, you know, by itself because that big ass heavy tarp is it's up there. Booby trapped It's not yeah. booby trapped. But then he notices it's a home oh, wait, alone situation. That's not a tarp. That's uh, <gasps> a pelt. You know what a pelt is? Oh, I thought you were gonna oh. say a body. Oh, God, at well, least it's it the worst. A body. It's the skin of a body. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I thought you were talking about like an animal, but no, like a human. Yeah. Pelt? So you know, a pelt is you know you go to a slaughterhouse and the the animal pelts are yeah, hung yeah. up oh, with no bones in them. I didn't know that's what it was called. It's like the outerness of an animal. They're all hung. I'll show you a pelt right now. Wait, wait, wait! Just to clarify, please. 
just so to keep my sanity, were you talking about an animal pelt or a human pelt? I think we're talking about human. Like when you ru- oh. like when you have the animal rug on the floor, like the bear f- bear rug. Oh, that's a pelt. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, a pelt. yeah. I so have a, a sheepskin one that I have ha- had since yeah, I was like a this. baby. This is kind of what I was like saying. a oh, sheep. Oh no, not that. I don't have that in my closet. I'm All glad. Right. Yeah. I would be concerned if you did. I have did. a sheepskin rug. That was my blankie. So the cops like, holy shit. Oh, fuck, it's a pelt. And then he notices, wait, that's actually human skin. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God, no. <laughs> John Price is hanging up. Jen Collins out. <laughs> so it's like a, z- so I'm trying to picture this from a human. It's like a onesie. It's a onesie. He's perfectly but cut. Human. In fact, that's a really good point that you just made. Thank because, you. Thank you, future John. Yeah. Uh-uh. Because uh-uh. I do want to say. Because those are like, it's like the just the just the outers and it's like almost all intact. Oh, no. Usually when a murder no. victim has been sliced up so much, the coroner, the medical examiner, you know, has to sew back up the body in all kinds of places right. to put them back together. In this particular case, he just he just simply slid <gasps> the the like outer skin back on. Yeah, like a onesie. And it was oh. easy snip 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 and it fit right like a zipper. Because it was cut so well. So that's interesting that you said that. uh, That gives a whole new meaning to like live live your day in another skin. Well, I guess it does. So if like I'm thinking of an animal carcass, like if at the butcher. This is actually from the arresting report. Okay. This was carried out with considerable expertise and an obviously steady hand so that his skin, including that of his head, face, nose, ears, neck, torso, genital organs, and legs was removed so Mm. as to form one pelt. So basically a onesie. Snuggies. Yeah. Yeah. Snuggies. No, not a snuggie. A onesie. A onesie onesie with the footy pajamas. Like a bunny from A Christmas Story. Yeah. So expertly was it done that after the post-mortem examination, the skin was able to be re-sewn onto Mr. Price's wow. body in a way which indicated a clear and appropriate, albeit grisly, methodology. Oh, no. Literally, it says, it was able to be sewn onto Mr. Price's body. So the medical examiner is looking at this guy. He completely takes his pelt off, which I never even thought a human skin could be a pelt. Yeah, never. Okay, so you know an expert had carved this. Right. And then it was so expertly carved, you know, because most serial killers are like, and all out of control. It's nyeh, a, nyeh, a butcher everywhere. or a hunter. Cut, 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 cut. This was like precision, kind of like a um, Jack the Ripper. Oh, how yeah. He cut, surgeon. You know? he a surgeon. surgeon. Yeah. yeah. So a surgeon cut that he could actually put. And I can imagine that he's taking a skeleton oh. and like pushing it back the skin up. <laughs> I'm back together. Kind of uh, gross. So. <laughs> So in in oh. precision though it could have been like a a butcher or a hunter a skilled hunter. Okay, so one of the best uh. places I'm pulling this information from is from the arresting court documents, uh, the charging documents basically. The victim John Price stabbed 37 times in various parts of both front and back of the body. 
multiple injuries. Two various organs were damaged. Many of the wounds were deep and extended into vital organs, the aorta, both lungs, liver, stomach, descending colon, pancreas, left kidney, lower pole, which I looked up, that means penis, which had virtually been sliced off. The penis was gone. Bye. Going Lorena Bobbitt on him. <laughs> so, lower pole. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> they put lower pole in there. This that's got to be Australian lower thing. Lower pole. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be slang term. Hey, can you send me a picture of your pole? <laughs> your lower pole. <laughs> it's like you imagine someone saying, "Let me see that lower pole." Yeah, Ew, it's gross. Show me day. your pole. Ew. I'll show you my pole. North pole or south pole? <laughs> Hopefully it's south. Okay. Great loss of blood smeared all through the house in a pool of blood. When I read this from the charging documents, I was like, damn, he's got a pool in the backyard. I didn't even see it. But no, there was actually a pool of blood that they had to measure. I've never done a report, a case where they actually measured the pool of blood. It was one by two meters. Now, a meter is what, like this? Meters over three feet. Three feet? Yeah. Over three, three feet. feet. Well, they can't see it's what I'm doing with my hands. No, a, y- a, me- a meter is longer than a yard. A yard is three feet. So one one meter by two meters. That's a big-ass puds. And it was not fully congealed and dried only at the edges. So <laughs> can you imagine the blood's dried at the edges? It, like, dries from the out first and then dries in? Yeah. It's like a little blood lake. Okay, there was a butcher's knife that was adjacent to the body. Also, a butcher's steel for sharpening and a stone was found on on the lounge chair next to the body. Wow, so they must have used a stone to sharpen the knife. Actually, yeah, the the knife was sharpened right before Hmm. the death. Another, like, butcher-type Oh, before the death? Not, like, before... Was he peeled alive? (gasps) <gasps> now I'm gonna stop there for the descriptions of the oh, crime shit. scene. Shit, was he peeled alive? I'm I'm was not. Was he like an orange, a living orange? But if you go to Talk Murder, you'll see I'm putting on the map. This is basically he started from the bed. You see one. It looks like a Sims house layout. He was attacked from the bed, and then he crawls all the way. To the front door. Now, he actually made it out the front door. In fact, when the cops first got there, they noticed that someone had drug him back into the house. It's like, come Mm. over here. He actually almost escaped. And there's like blood and blood splatter all over the grass. There's body impressions where he was being drugged back into the house, up the stairs, and into the kill spot, which is right there on, uh, this is where he died, I believe, right here. Somewhere right here. So I'm putting that map on talkmore.com. You guys go see it. Anyway. Well, so far, honestly, I would not have guessed it to be a female because it seems like, one, if the, he's gonna, if, if the person's going to be dragging the body, you have to be pretty strong to do that. To Two, be fair, he hasn't said if it was a male or female yet. Well, well I'm just saying, if I was the cop and I'm sitting there looking at a human pelt, I'm thinking it's a butcher, a, yeah, a skilled hunter, a hunter, or like a yeah. taxidermist. I would think I that too. And then I'd go upstairs and ask the woman that's sleeping in the bed. <laughs> you mean like asleep? Well, she's not asleep. She's actually uh, comatose. This is her right here. She oh? actually tried to kill herself. She was in the bed, passed out on all kinds of medications. I mean, she had overdose. She was actually 
near death in the bed. Now, they resuscitated her. She was in the hospital for two days. That's her. That's in her comatose state. At the hospital? Yeah. So they arrested her or took her to the hospital. She was in a comatose state from this drug overdose. But, I mean, they knew it was her that killed him. I mean, it's How'd they know? I mean, <laughs> fuck else would it be? <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Does she have the skills to do All something right. like that? So I cannot convince you guys that this is going to be Team John. I put it in my notes. <laughs> please, please, John, please try to convince these people. <laughs> please, please. But um, Keep my record good. Here's the first time the police actually got to interview her was three days later on March 4th. Now we're still in 2000. So if you guys want to read some of the interview... This is the first interview they have with her. Kathy, I am investigating the death of John Price, known as Pricey to a lot of people in Aberdeen, or on Wednesday, the 1st of March this year. I have reason to believe that you may be the person responsible. Is there anything that you can tell me about that matter? I don't know anything on it. Can you recall recall the last <laughs> thing that you remember? That's probably pretty accurate. The last thing I remember was going out for tea with my daughter and the kids coming home. <laughs> Do you recall going into Pricey's at all? I really don't know nothing. <laughs> a little later in her rec- record, her a little later in her record of interview, she was asked, can you just take me to the last thing you actually recall, which is the Tuesday, the 29th of February? The last time I recall was, I don't know about your dates, but I went inside <laughs> and watched a bit of TV. <laughs> Hey, I want to say she went inside and watched Star Trek. That's a little tidbit. Enterprise? (laughs) I don't know, but I was like, damn, that's cool as shit. She watches Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Was Pricey there? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you, can you tell me where he was? Not particularly. And do you remember anything else after that? No. (laughs) Thanks, that was super fucking helpful. (laughs) That's all they got from Kathy. All right, tonight we're talking about Catherine Knight. Team John, here we go. We're going to talk about the background. Now, you got to stick with me on this because we're in a mining town with a slaughterhouse next to it. Oh. Which means there's going to be a lot of drinking and a lot of kids. So try to keep... Kids? Yeah, exactly. Try to keep the family... Keep it all in the family? No. Damn it. I'm going to try to explain the family to you guys, but try to keep up with me. Okay. Okay. Because there's a lot of kids running around everywhere. Got it. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare. Mining community, a lot of drinking. Hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your husbands. You're slaughtering pigs, and then you're procreating. That's what they do in Aberdeen. I ain't saying that's what they do in Australia, but that's what they do in Australia. Okay, so (laughs) Barbara, the mother. So we're talking about Catherine Knight, the killer, the one upstairs, the one that was in a coma. She killed him. Everyone knows it. She even admitted it. She is the killer, Catherine Knight. Okay, her mother, Barbara, this is before she was born. This is in the 40s and 50s. She marries a guy named Jack Ruffin, R-O-U-G-H-O-N. They're in Aberdeen. This is the 1940s. They have four children between them. So remember, we're not talking about Catherine. We're talking about her parents. Mm -hmm. Barbara is married to Jack Ruffin. Okay, they have four children between them. All boys. Barbara eventually cheats on Jack Ruffin with a guy named Ken Knight. Now, we're talking about Catherine Knight. So, Barbara, the mother, Mm -hmm. and Ken, they have coitus. And they make 
Kathy, she comes out, you know, the vagina. Correct. She's the female. Yeah, she's the female. Now, I'm, the reason I'm being so specific is very important. Right. Okay. Did you know that males actually decide what type mm-hmm. of child you make because they give the XY or the XX? Because they have XY chromosome. Males have XY. It's all about how deep you push. No, I tell my friends babe. this all the time. If you push real deep, it's a man. It's a, it's a boy. False. Okay. They're, they have four boys between them. Barbara, the mother, was repulsed, and I put that in capital letters, repulsed, R-E-P-U-L-S-E-D, by sex. Hmm. Repulsed. Kind and, of reminds me of... Ed Gaines' mom. Yeah. But also, if you are repulsed by sex, why are you having an extramarital affair? True. Because that's a good question. She wants a girl. That's a good question. She was doing it out of a rebellious act. Hmm. There are so many other things you can do to be rebellious, like dye your hair green or get a tattoo or, or sleep with one <laughs> of the friends' coworkers of your husband, which is what she did. Ken oh, was actually nice. a coworker. Anyway, Barbara was repulsed by sex. She only wanted to have sex to appease the husband. Now, this is very important. This psychology is super important. You guys got to pay attention. I am. We've been right. paying, paying attention. Barbara, the mother, ends up cheating on the husband, Jack, with a guy named Ken, which is the eventual father of Catherine, the one. Catherine. Catherine, the one that, you know, did the dirty deed. Mm-hmm. Dirty deeds, thunder cheap. At the time in Australia, it was looked down on to have an affair, especially with your freaking co-worker, you know, your co- your husband's, husband's co-worker. co-worker. Mm-hmm. So Barbara, the mother, and Ken, the eventual father, moved to a town called Moree, M-O-R-E-E, to get away from all the drama that's going on in this little Aberdeen town. I said they had four boys. Not Ken. You guys with me? Mm-hmm. Barbara and Jack had four boys. Right. Two of the boys shipped off to Jack's sister. Okay. Now, they eventually get a divorce. And two of the kids, two of the boys, stay with Jack. Okay. Okay. Now, this is very important. Keep this in mind. Barbara and Ken, the one that she cheated on Jack yep. with, mm-hmm. moved, eloped, basically, to a new town. Right. They end up having kids of their own. Okay. This is Separate a, I'm families. telling you, there's a lot of procreating going on here. Now, doesn't the sound two, like there's much to do in Aberdeen. When she, before she left, the two older brothers that stayed with a father would call Barbara mm-hmm. a whore. Mm. They would call her these things, and they would actually spit on her when they saw her walking down the street. Oh. Their own mother, because, you know, she was unfaithful. And she didn't and even like sex. The home. It was like yeah. just to spite her own father. But still, father. that's terrible. It is. It's, yeah. That's okay. You guys are women. Like, can you think yeah. of how much how Catherine's degrading it is to be spit on by another human being? Yeah, just in general. You guys are with me so far. Yes. Catherine's not born yet. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Ken was an alcoholic. He works in the slaughterhouse, mm-hmm. and he's an alcoholic, just like everyone that works in there. They work all day. I mean, you're slaughtering fucking pigs. I was reading like how they do it, and it's yeah. oh, fucking. It make it, you an alcoholic. Or the a pig squealing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were killing pigs. You, you would kill a pig. It'd be squealing. 
in front of the other pigs waiting in line. It's yeah. fucking awful. Anyway. That's why if you're going to have meat, kosher is the way to go. Ken was an alcoholic and a very demanding husband. Very demanding. So he, she remarried? She No, no. She's with Ken. Yeah. Yeah. She, they're together. She yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're together. They they're, get married. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is the mother. I'm not talking about Catherine yet. But yeah. I, the family dynamic is super important, which is why we got to get this straight. Meow. Okay. Right, meow. Ken would demand sex ten times a day. A day? And <laughs> not Barbara, even like a month, shit. like a day. Barbara didn't like Damn, sex. Dude. I know it's kind of low. Anyway, Barbara <laughs> didn't even like sex at all. <laughs> so that is like torture for this woman. They would have sex ten times a day. She procreated twice with two kids, two boys. So she has six boys now. Exactly. There's two little boys running around the house and a dad that is an alcoholic demanding sex. And eventually, since she doesn't give him sex 10 times a day, he takes it. He rapes her 10 times a day. So if you want to read this, this is from the book that we're reading tonight. It is called, I can't remember what it's called, but it's by Ryan Green. It's a very good book. I'm putting on Talk Murder. It's called something. I fucking forgot what it's called. It's a good book. Ryan Green. I feel like that's enough credit. <laughs> I forgot what the book's called. I feel like Future John will listen to back to this and be like, I'm going to enter the name of the book. I forgot it. You read this. That's fine. Barbara was trapped in the house with two little boys, raped as often as 10 times a day, beaten for every slight infraction against the rules that her iron, her new iron-fisted tyrant of a husband laid down. She might have escaped her nightmare life of a boredom and mediocrity back in Aberdeen, but she had plunged headlong into a fresh hell of her own making, a poster child for the puritanical beliefs about the sanctity of marriage that held sway at the time. So they have two boys. She finds out she's pregnant. Now, this, this goes on for years. Okay, so they're, they're basically married for six, seven years. It's amazing she didn't have more kids. Well, she does. She gets pregnant um. again with twins. Now, she, in her um. mind, you, you really got to understand Barbara to understand her daughter because she has a, a distrust of men altogether. Even though she cheated, if you come home even a minute late, which I'm going to show you as Barb, as Catherine definitely does. If you come home even a minute late, you're out with someone. You're cheating. Who is it? Who's this floozy? Who are you putting your wiener inside? Mm. That's what she's thinking in her mind. So it's like this, um, the author of this book called it a uh, echo chamber, you know, of like uh, negative thoughts that just keep bouncing uh, back and forth about, oh, he's being unfaithful. He's up to no good. Anyway, Barbara was like that. What we read about borderline personality disorder, where she's impulsive, she makes impulsive decisions, she can't hold relationships, she thinks everyone is betraying her. Like that, those all fit both Barbara and her daughter eventually. Anyway, Barbara gets pregnant again. Now she's thinking in her mind, fuck me. Seriously, I'm about to have two more boys. I already have two little boys that are very demanding. They slap me around. I mean, they're growing up, you know, 10, 11 years old. They slap me around all the time. They make me do all this stuff. Go make me a sandwich. Go do this. Go do that. And then my alcoholic husband comes home. He beats the shit out of me in front of them. Now they think it's okay. They beat me. 
I don't want two more boys. This is a fucking nightmare. It's already too much testosterone in the house. By a miracle of whatever, she has identical, or she has non-identical twins, both female. She has two daughters, and that's basically saved her. She's like, oh my Finally, God, I can- someone on my exact, side. Exactly. And the, the author used the word- yeah. Allies. She yeah. finds it's she like she even the score. Allies. Mm. That's exactly what he said. And one of them did turn out to be an ally, and that was Catherine. Okay. The other one, Joy, she turned out to be a tomboy. She was a daddy's girl. Wow. She can hang out with the guys, stuff like that. But Catherine, no. She was on her mother's side for mm. a little while. It's very important because th- the struggle was real in Barbara's head. And that struggle filtered down to Catherine. She would tell Catherine about all the abuse and the sex that she has to give to her father. I mean, this was her normal life. You know, it was awful. Well, yeah, one of the hallmarks of BPD is that it's really a disorder of interpersonal relationships. So the fact that she would be having this type of conversation with her daughter, um, it it's not out of the ordinary with someone with BPD like to to have an abnormal interpersonal relationship with someone. Catherine Knight, the girl we're talking about, the killer. She was born October 24th, 1955. And as I said, she had a sister named Joy. Catherine soon became the woman of the house because Barbara, by this point, is done. She has been abused by not only her husband, but by her two boys. Mm. There, she is a punching bag for three different guys in the house. They are all beating her, calling her names. It's awful. So Catherine takes over everything. Her mother was basically useless at this point. She couldn't even do anything. She just kind of, you know, faded into obscurity. And Catherine actually came up and took care of all the chores and the cooking and the cleaning, and she took care of everything. Okay, she was the one thing that Barbara had that kept her grounded. Now, I couldn't tell exactly when she started to turn Mm. more towards favoring the father. But Mm. at first, she was closer to the mother. But she was also rebellious, and maybe this was the turning point for that. Her, she was really rebellious mm-hmm. to her father because she was on her mother's side. Her father would beat her with a dog leash. And when he can't find the dog leash, fuck, where'd I put the damn dog leash? Fuck, I'll just grab this extension cord oh, no. and beat her with an extension cord. Now, I don't know the psychology behind it, but after the beatings, Catherine started becoming closer to the father. Okay, mm-hmm. that's important. It was a switch. So now her mother has no one. At around what age? So there was a major event that happened in 1959. Ooh. Jack, remember Jack, Barbara's first husband. Yeah. Right. The father, Jack, mm-hmm. the one with the four sons, he ends up dying Ooh. suddenly in 1959. Now, this is why I told suddenly you. Suddenly and mysteriously? No, it's not suddenly oh. and mysteriously, like a heart attack. This is why I told you guys. To remember the family gene pool, okay. cesspool, because he dies in 1959. So two of his sons move in 
with Barbara. Mm -hmm. Okay. Out of the four. Yes, out of the four. So now how many people you got in the house? You got four Six, boys. Eight. Eight. You got four boys, two from Barbara. Well, they're all from Barbara. Two from Jack. Ken. Two from Ken. And two girls. And two girls. That would be Catherine's stepbrothers, correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Keep that in mind. Because between the ages of four and 14, she was sexually assaulted and raped by all the boys in the family. Oh, my goodness. Well, first it was the, the boys from Jack. They came. Now, they're all teenagers. They start assaulting her and, you know, doing sexual things to her. Now, this I want to say this right now. This whole time, Catherine doesn't know anything's different because if you're living in that situation and you don't know that other families aren't like that, you think that's normal. You don't think it's she normal. was exactly. Yeah. She was getting sexually molested by her stepbrothers. Eventually, her two own brothers, the younger of the two, joined in as well. Now they're all sexually molesting Catherine. That's why I told you that family dynamics is super important. By the time she was a teenager, before she turned a teenager, they were all raping her. As for motherly advice, this goes in the record as being the worst ever. Uh-oh. When Catherine finally asked her mother, what do you say? Mama, mama, what do I say if I don't want to do those things to please a man? Because the mother, remember, the mother's always talking to her about her sexual exploits and all this stuff. Like, you got to just please them. You know, it doesn't feel good. It hurts, but it keeps them happy. It makes them fall asleep. All this stuff. Hmm. But mama, mama, what if I don't want to do that? Now, she's already been getting raped at this point. What if yeah. I don't want to do that so to please sad. a man? This is from her mother. Quote, just let them do what they want with you. It's easier that way. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Honestly. She is being tormented at home, and she doesn't even know it because she can't even compare it to a normal life. But she knows something's not right. Her uncle, her uncle Oscar, was the one that she found solace in. He had some money. He was pretty well off. He was actually a champion horse breeder. He had all these horses and everything. She, Catherine, started hanging out with Uncle Oscar. All right. Now, it was nothing where your head's going or anything else. It was nothing like that. He actually took her under his wing and showed her the love for taking care of animals, especially injured animals. Now, this is very important. Eventually, she found a love for taking in less fortunate animals and caring for them back to health. In fact, the, the father would come home drunk all the time and try to kill the wounded birds that she would keep in the room, you know, with the wings all like... So she would try to save him, and yeah, her father would, would be like, no, you're... Yes, and the father would try to kill him. So she found this outlet, injured animals, taking care of animals. If that would have kept going, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight mm -hmm. talking about this particular story. That's well, what right. happened then? Unfortunately, Uncle Oscar, you can't tell this by looking at him because on the outside, he's such a personable guy. Mm. He's uh, gregarious. 
Mm, no, not, not a word. Sure. Oh. Gregarious <laughs> is a word, but I'm not really sure what it means. He's a very friendly guy. He's he's got everything going for him. Don't Unfortunately, that was on the outside. On the inside, he was battling with his own demons and an intense bout of depression, which actually made him decide to take his own life oh. with the same gun, same rifle that he used to put down the injured animals that are beyond repair. You know. Ooh, that's a tough image because yeah. you you associate that rifle with, you know, yeah. euthanization, which is like helping out. Like what well, Yeah, he would the, use the rifle not in a bad way, but to kill the animals yeah. that just want you know, were in so much pain they had to go. So he turns that rifle on himself. Mm-hmm. Now Catherine is fourteen years old when that happened. Mm-hmm. That was her way out. That was her outlet. Remember her animals. Jack her just outlet, died, right? Just to clarify, yeah, no, no, well, yeah, but now she doesn't even have the animals because the Uncle Oscar is no longer there. Mm. You know, just to back up, Jack is dead. It's not really Jack. her father, yep. but that did drag those other two boys in there, which started raping her. Mm. Right. You know, she finds an outlet with uh, Uncle Oscar. Now he's dead. That was a turning point, and I put that in bold in my notes. That mm. was the turning point. The next time, her brothers tried to assault her. I believe it was a younger brother. I couldn't really get an exact. But the younger brother tried to come up and assault her. She punched him so hard that she nearly broke his jaw. And then she threatened to cut his dick off. Oh. Yeah. Good for her, though. He goes and runs to his other brothers and tells them this story. They didn't believe it. So they go up and confront Catherine. And now this is really important. She was in a good temper. Like, she she was just, like, in a playful kind of mood. It was like, you know, there's no way she did it. She's, like, laughing and having fun. Hmm. There's no way. Keep that in mind because that happens more and more in the story. She'll do something awful, and then when you confront her about it, she's, like, happy-go-lucky, like nothing Hmm. happened, right? Interesting. So they didn't believe her. But over the next few months, every one of those boys, all four of those boys, would suffer very painful wounds, black eyes, even a stab wound. Whoa. Yeah, a stab wound. A stab wound from a kitchen knife, okay? Yeah. Right in the freaking ribs. Those boys would tell the parents, oh, it was an accident, Hmm. kitchen mishap. You know, I I got a black eye. I fell down the stairs. Catherine was beating the shit out of those boys. Wow. <laughs> Honestly. I'm so far, good for her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if they're like good for her for fighting back. Yeah. That's why I said that when she was 14, that turning point, her uncle Oscar dies. She loves these animals. Mm. Now that's gone. That's a turning point. She is brutal. Something snapped in her right there. I, you could probably go back if you really want to, and figure out the exact second when that switch snapped in her brain that just completely, like an on and off switch, completely different person. Yeah. Okay, because now she is a completely different person. She's she's lost her future. In high school, she became very hostile. Once she cut off a girl's, one of her classmates' braids and her hair, she walks up to her, pulls her hair down, hey, bitch! 
takes the scissors, takes the scissors and just snip, snip, snip. All right, so now she's really acting out. She fucking cuts off your hair, man. She ain't fucking around. Yikes. She's riding the bus. And this, and she's kind of filled out. I mean, she's 14, you know, 15, and she's getting a little plump in there, you know, the early plump. She's growing breasts. She gets them kind of early. So this boy's like, hey. Doubtful. Let me play with those like basketballs. I don't know what he said. He said something. She takes his head and she slams the head into the bus seat repeatedly. You want to talk about my boobs, I'm going to slam your head into the bus seat. You're right. So far, Team Catherine. Team John. Now, when the boy goes to the principal and is like, she just beat the shit out of me. They, The whole staff, they run up to her like like they got to push her on the ground and restrain her and all kinds of stuff. But when they see her, hey, how are you guys doing? I'm, I'm having a great day today. She's completely normal. Happy go lucky, like nothing happened. They didn't even believe this kid. <laughs> they thought he did it himself because she's a sweet girl. That is very important. I kept saying that, but her psychology is the first because she, she gets out of a lot of stuff, as you'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of boyfriends that we'll go into the next episode. She gets away with murder. That has been stabbed <laughs> pretty Whoa. bad. I mean, she had like five or six boyfriends that were stabbed. And she gives away with it. So that's why I put that point. That's why I put that point is very important. One day in class, she actually stabbed a boy for talking back to her. But she hid in the the classroom. No, it was like in recess. Like she shanked him pretty much. What'd you say about me during lunchtime? Put the knife in her in her shirt. They couldn't find the knife. Plus, they didn't think old sweet old little Catherine can do that. Here's where they started noticing problems. And when they eventually diagnosed her with BPD. The teacher. Now, she was a good student. She was hostile, yeah, but all in all, she was a really good student. Really good grades. Straight A's. Hmm. The teacher gave her an F. Ooh, that's bad. And she kind of does what I do when something's wrong. You just don't say anything and you don't act yourself the entire... So she's sitting in class and the teacher's doing his lesson and she knows something's wrong. He knows something's wrong with Catherine, and she's not raising her hand, answering questions. Eventually, he's like, Catherine, is everything okay? You know, what's going on? Are you, is everything okay? And she goes, is everything okay? What about this grade? You mm. failed me. Mm. The whole scenario plays out pretty much like this. She calls him a, quote, you cunt-faced oh. son of a whore. Oh, And then he... St- and then she stabs him. <laughs> Her the teacher? teacher? Yes. Oh, she, shit. She should, be, she should be up for expulsion. Never mind getting an F. Well, she, damn. She doesn't actually break the skin. But still. But she pretty she damn had a, That's a violent act. She has a yeah. fucking kitchen knife with her. In the class, everyone sees. But oh, God. this is what I was telling you about earlier. The teacher is dodging and weaving this knife, ching, 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 like a fucking samurai oh coming my at him. Gosh. Like, so he doesn't you know, get really hit. Move to the left, move to the right. Like the knife is Break going down everywhere. Now, One hop, then two time. He's like, fuck, boom, uppercuts her, <gasps> like in fucking Mortal Kombat. Oh, shit. Fatality. Fatality. She fucking flies up, <gasps> she hits the ground, and she starts screaming. 
all the staff come in there uh, and they suspend and he gets in the teacher Shit. for hitting a student. <laughs> because, oh, poor sweet little Catherine, she can't do anything wrong. That's what I'm trying to wow. say. Holy snap. Now, eventually, with all the other witnesses there, they got the full story. But that was only after they had suspended the teacher. Eventually, they had to bring the teacher back and apologize and permanently suspend Catherine. Permanently suspend or expel? Well, I think they suspended her. Either way, she drops out at 15. So now she's out of school. At 16, she needs a job. She's out of school. She decides to go to her dad's workplace, Ken's workplace, the slaughterhouse. The Meat Works is what it was called in Australia. Meat-Works. No one wanted to hire her because, number one, she's a woman, okay? And you got to carry around a 300-pound hog, you know, and put it on a stake. Men do that. And number two, she's fucking 15 years old. Within one year, she goes to the highest level, whatever that is, of being a slaughterhouse employee, Hmm. of deboning. Her skills with a knife were expert. Wow. They were not even impressed. They were astounded. Her work efficiency was not even in the same field as everyone else. She could make up three other employees. I want to say so badly, like, wow, good for her, but I kind of know how the story ends. (laughs) She was something that you've never seen. You take three employees, they're doing their job, the same workload and efficiency will be done by her. As three employees? Yeah. as But more expertly cut. Her precision with the knife was uncanny Hmm. for real not only that she was working with her father and they were in some kind of competition now she didn't think it was a competition but he did Hmm. you got this young girl because he's high up there too now you got this my daughter's coming in here and showing me up and trying to be all like this and she's really good like fuck well especially if she had bpd even if it wasn't diagnosed at this point she probably was seeking his approval at this point Now, within one year, the one-year anniversary to the day, actually, she was awarded with a nice set of knives. Now, these were custom-made, and these knives were her prized possession. In fact, she had hung the knives above the bed, which is fucking very weird, you know, and they had a nice carrying case. I mean, they're probably, like, if you were to buy these same sets of knives knives today, they'd probably be, like, a thousand bucks. Embroidered or whatever— customized, you know, with yeah, her name like on it. like engraved or whatever. Yeah, engraved, yeah. just like Sarah had sent our engraved cups. Thank you, Sarah. You know, very expensive, very nice gesture. Yeah. Because they sure as shit couldn't pay her more than someone that's been working there for 10 years, even though they wanted to, because she was surpassing everyone. But they had to show her that she was greatly appreciated. I mean, she was saving the owner a shit ton of money. Her favorite place was called the pig room. Now, I told you guys earlier she used to help injured animals. The reason I went so deep into that is because I kind of want to see a transition here. At first, he would let her step in and deliver the lethal killing to cut, cut to the throat, spraying arterial blood all over her waterproofed apron as she cackled with glee. 
But soon even that wasn't sufficient to keep her entertained. She would chase the pig around the enclosure, seeing how many cuts she could inflict before it fell down dead, snipping a ligament here and there and a muscle there to see how far she could twist the pig's movement while still keeping it fleeing from her in terror. She had transformed from the little girl who tried to save Roadkill and nurse it back to health to a gleeful torturer of animals. Oh, God. Yeah, that last line. So this is uh, what you read was the Ryan Green yeah. little passage there. She had that love for injured animals, and it's completely different. And I'm talking about within a two-year time period, two or three years. That had completely switched her to now she's chasing around pigs and slitting them to see how many times she could slit a pig, and the pig is squealing. I mean, it's fucking awful. Now, she was 17 at the time when she started killing these pigs like that. I mean, it that's a like it feels like it's a fast evolution for her to be sedated yeah, like that. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like a switch. That's what I said. Yeah. It's like a switch. Catherine meets a guy named David. Now, this is going to be her first husband. She's 17 at the time she meets David. And he's kind of a wimpy guy. Mm. And she actually sticks up with him like the first time they meet because someone was talking shit about him. David, you know, yeah, nah, 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 nah. David, you're all, you're, you're a lady. You got, you're a lady. I don't know. You got small thighs. I don't know what they were saying. Anyway. <laughs> She was just a specific <laughs> insult. <laughs> you have small. She thoughts. fucking jacks this asshole up and almost beats him to death. <laughs> that's wow. that's when you know you need to keep that woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, All right, they get into this relationship. L- let me tell you a little bit about Catherine, right quick. Her whole life as well as all the lives of the slaughterhouse people and miners are one thing. You work at the mine all day, or you work killing pigs all day, and then you go to the bar bar all day, and you drink all the alcohol, and you spend all your money, and that's all your friends. That was her, too. That was her, too. Mm-hmm. They eventually had a wedding. It was really small because they wanted to pull their money together to go back to the bar at night and celebrate, which I understand that. Did shit. you guys know that there was a study out there where they gave a um, control group rum extract in the no, that control group was rum extract and the experimental group was rum or vice versa. I don't remember which one was which, but they gave one group rum and rum group one group rum extract, and the people who didn't actually get the rum acted acted as drunk as the people who actually did hmm. get the rum. So it's kind of a mental component, which is really interesting. Yeah, we just act drunk on this podcast. Totally. They get married, they go back to the bar, they drink. Now, this is a big moment for Catherine because she's heard all the stories. She knows, because Barbara, her mother, has told her plenty of times that uh-huh. she was had coitus five times on their wedding night. Now, that's important. Because uh, I guess so. After they they went to consummate the marriage, David only has sex three times, and then they're going at it. I mean, it gets pretty graphic in a book. They're like going at it. He's like, "Yeah, slap my ass." All this stuff. He falls asleep during it. Starts snoring like during the third time. Third time. Okay, this is important, Jen. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> 
He falls asleep. She gets on top of him and starts punching him in the face with his bare, with her bare hands, and he can't even wake up because he's so fucking drunk. This is what she says to him after he wakes up. Oh, what's going on? Stop it, you bitch. And she, he says bitch to her. This is what she says. Don't you talk to your wife like that, you ugly little bastard. You married me. That means you're mine. She dragged him closer. So get off your lazy, drunken arse back in that bedroom and fuck. You hear me? <laughs> Shit. You wow, get- <laughs> she's a woman who knows what she wants. You get back in that bedroom and fuck. <laughs> okay. She tells him, my daddy had fucked my mom five times on their wedding night. You got two more to go. That's exactly what she said. She is like a competition. Wow. She, she she was upset, very upset because they only did it three times instead of five. Wow. I mean, she made a fucking huge deal about that. One last section, and then we'll call it quits for tonight. Talk a little bit about the David Collette marriage, the first marriage that she had. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about Catherine. We're no longer talking about Barbara. I only brought up the Barbara and all the sons to show you that she was raped as a teenager. David, a minor, came home to change his shirt. Got it this time. <laughs> this will tell you the personality. He comes home, and uh, he's going out to the bar like he always does. You know what? And th- you got to keep in mind, he wears the same shit every day, kind of like I do. I wear mm-hmm. the same fucking shit literally every day. He comes home, and he's like, you know what? I kind of want to wear that polo, you know, that one with that crisp. Pop the collar. Hmm? All this shenanigans. He comes home and tries to put on a crisp, fresh shirt. And she's like, oh, no, you didn't, boo-boo. But she's like, all right, that's cool. You change that shirt. You go ahead and change that shirt, boo-boo. You change that shirt now. But in her mind, in that echo chamber, she's like, he's changing this damn shirt so he could go get some new poonanny. Because he done found someone, and he's going to use that new Ralph Lauren to bring her in. That's what he's doing. In her mind, but she's like, that's all right, boo-boo. You change that shirt. Yeah, you, you do you, boo-boo. That's what she's saying. You do you, boo-boo. You do you. All right. Okay. He had to cut the bar drinking a little early that night. In fact, it's kind of crazy. He actually rode with the firefighters that night. Because they're kind of all friends, you know. He was like, hey, I'll get in the fire truck with you because you're going to my house. So I was a quicker way there. She had took all of his clothes after she let him go change that shirt, that crisp shirt. She put all of his clothes in the tub and she poured lighter fluid on them and she (laughs) lit them up in a blaze. And (laughs) and his reaction is... Hey, yo, fire department, I'll hit your ride home with you. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Did I, she lit him on fire? No, she lit all his clothes on fire because he goes home and changes his shirt because he's trying to get some new poon, which he wasn't. He just wanted to get on his dirty-ass shirt for once. But she didn't take it that way. She thought he was going out to get some new strange, and she took all his shirts and clothes and underwear and skid row boxers and everything, threw them in the tub, lit them on fire. Well, at least she put them in the tub. Lit a, no, but the house lit on fire. Oh, well, damn. that's <laughs> The whole house that's is on a fire. Problem. The whole house is burning down. The firefighters came. Now, talk, talk about fucking being embarrassed. fire on the dance floor. Talk about, talk about your wife. Y'all just got married, and she done burned the house down because she thinks you're out getting 
some new ones. You know what I'm saying? Some new vagines. And you ain't. You just came to change your shirt. I don't know why I'm talking so weird. Anyway. I think it's funny. They He's actually moved to a different home altogether and tried to avoid everyone in town because they were so embarrassed. Well, she was embarrassed. She didn't give a fuck. He was embarrassed. She's walking around, like, in her, like, sunglasses, like, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and he's over there, like, oh, damn. Now, that's not all. I don't know if he's still alive today, but if you ever see him in the mall or something, because they, they got divorced. After this event, they got divorced. But if you ever meet him in the mall, you'll recognize him because he's got a permanent scar on the right side of his face that looks a lot like an iron, like oh. a hot iron was just. Whoa. He's still got that damn scar. Wow. That's, that's the girl he's dealing with. That's his new wife. Hot iron in his face. He almost lost his eyeball. I just want to know how someone who literally puts an iron to the face of their spouse has a spouse. And I'm over here like, hey, y'all. Well, you know why he got Single that? Single and ready to mingle. Yeah. Because he must have done something bad. He must have fucking crossed the damn line. Well, maybe not. He must have had sexual intercourse with like 30 women. You know what he did wrong? Nothing. And I want to point out, when he ran outside to call for help, he couldn't even scream because his throat was so clogged up with his own vomit from oh. barfing and being burned. He deserved it. You know why? He cheesed. No, he didn't cheese. He was four minutes late. He said, I'll be home at 11, baby. One minute goes by. It's 11.01. Okay. All right, boo-boo. <laughs> 11.02. Mm-hmm. 11.03. Oh, no, he didn't. 11.04. Shh, fucking burn. Damn. <laughs> Fuck. You know what? It takes more than four minutes for an iron to heat up, I think. So she must have had that thing ready to go. At one point, he was hit so hard in the face with a cast iron frying pan in full force Whoa. that his skull actually fractured. Yeah, those things are fucking hard. Not only that, this was another time that he came home a little late, like three or four minutes late. When she hit him with the frying pan, she left him right there on the porch. He was going to die because his skull was fractured. It took him an hour and a half to crawl 30 feet over to the neighbor's house and another hour just to get up the strength to knock on the door because he's basically unconscious wow. with his brain matter seeping all over the place because wow. it's not like getting hit with an iron pan like oh yeah uh. it was like a freaking you know Sammy Sosa with a freaking bat just pow as hard as she can all of her strength right into the back of his head this is who you, this is Catherine right here. Yeah, that'll make some scrambled eggs out of some brain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He almost died. He woke up the next day. Now, this is important. I'm going to leave it off here this episode. He wakes up the next day, barely, like, what the fuck's going on? He's in the Muscle Moosewell Brook Hospital, you know, and he's looking around and his hand feels kind of, you know, it's got this tension on it. And he finally kind of looks up. Looks up, and she's there holding his hand. Aww. I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry this happened. I love you, baby. I love you so much. I'm here for you, baby. She almost killed him twice. So that's where I'm going to leave off for tonight. 
But on the next episode, I'm going to talk about a few things. Number one, Katherine has a new baby. What does she do with it? How did it end up on the train tracks? Uh, Number oh. two. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Number two, Catherine steals a car. How did this teenage oh. girl get in here, and why is she holding them, holding this teenage girl for ransom? Number three, Catherine steals an axe from a general store and tries to ch- <laughs> tries to chop a cop. <laughs> chop a cop. Chop a cop. <laughs> tries to uh, chop a cop. What? <laughs> what even? I can't. Oh, my gosh. Also, Catherine stabs like five or six boyfriends in the ribs. <laughs> <gasps> well, no wonder the and police finally, knew it was her. Finally, finally, we're going to, I'm going to play the murder out exactly how it happened. Shit. Because she only killed one person, but it's a long murder. We're going to talk about the whole thing, the black lingerie, the Whoa. sneaking in the, the everything, the riding, the hip movements. And. Okay. Most importantly, we're going to talk about Catherine's Last Supper. Take that how you will. I know we got a lot of Talkos Primos out there guessing right now what their favorite, are telling us right now what their favorite type of stew is. Well, you certainly had me uh, sympathetic to her for quite a bit. When did you lose it? You should still be on uh, that train. Uh, nah. Towards the end, you lost us. <laughs> as soon as she, like, hit someone in the face with an I mean, I can't just not talk about pan. that part. I, th- uh, I got to put everything in there. Well, yeah, you have oh, to yeah, be accurate. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, oh, uh, we were, I was. I'm not telling you. Team John is not she's innocent. Team John is that is not her fault because she was abused and all this stuff. She had a bad childhood and men are pigs. So she cuts them up like pigs. That is what I'm talking about. That's Team John. Mm, Team John's losing right now. If you really enjoyed this story, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmer.com slash join. Become a Talko Supremo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love. Shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you on the Talk Murder Bean Podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, thank you so much for the 666 likes on our Facebook page. We love you guys. And we'll see you on the next episode. Oh, they're so cute. Yeah, it's a great Dane. And a schnauzer. That's a weird combination. Yeah. You know? Well, our dogs are I would advise against crossbreeding those. I'd like to see a video of that. Wait. Moving on. Oh, shit.